Hi, I'm Marika and welcome to Money Chill Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading floors in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. Today, I'm with Julie, a friend I know since high school, and we're going to speak about expatriation. Sometimes we want to change, and moving to another country sounds appealing. If you've been in this situation, you may have experienced that lots of money and organizational questions do pop up. We'll go through how to create an opportunity, how to negotiate a salary in a country where the tax regime and the cost of living is very different, and how to get back on your foot once you want to return to your home country. So let's get some insight from Julie's experience, a French woman living in Romania. So hi, Julie, how are you? Hi, Marie, I'm fine in you. Yeah, I'm great, great. So happy to have you on this podcast. So thanks for joining. I've actually been in the same uh, situation as you, like moving to Portugal from the UK. So I know like the kind of question I was asking myself. So very keen to get your experience and feedback on your side. So before we start, I always like to know a bit more about your relationship with money. So how open and at ease are you? Well, I have a mixed feeling about money and talking about it. I can see that this is still a touchy subject that can create tension between families and friends. Every time we speak about money, we tend to compare ourselves and have the feeling that people earn more than you. In my case, when I hear someone earning more than me, I always feel a bit as frustration as I would like to earn more. I'm always thinking that we have a kind of similar profile. So should I change my job for a better paid one? Uh, but at the same time, I would not let go of my life balance. I think I value money, but I value more life balance. Mm -hmm. And for me, I cannot dissociate them. So each time we discuss with friends and family about salaries, for example, it comes with uh, how many days off you have, how many hours do you spend at work, and your quality of life, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 100%. But it's quite funny like that you need to compare yourself. Don't you think it's more like being transparent and knowing about the others make you feel more comfortable, maybe? Well, it's, it's just the feeling, that I think, of frustration because when you talk, you say, oh, okay, but we have same profile, so how come I'm not earning the same thing, you know? So for me, it's more like that. <laughs> so a bit frustrating, but uh, I know we have different experience, different age. It's always that. But anyway, I'm happy now and my life is really balanced, but it's always a bit of frustration. So I would say it's not easy to talk about money and everyone has his own view about life balance, of course. So it's finally difficult to compare. I wish we could be more open on the subject. Maybe I would be less frustrated, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And that's quite funny because you have a, a twin sister and you're really close to her. So how aligned are you on this money matters? Like, do you value the same thing? Do you manage your finance the same way? Or it's completely different because you've been raised with the same like background? Yeah, so we've been raised the same, but we don't have the same characters, let's say. So um, I would say we are aligned, meaning we like to have enough money to do what we want, have a comfortable life. But we will not race after money. We like to enjoy life and we will be very careful about prices and how much we spend when we go for shopping, for example. But we are very different in controlling the finances. I have to confess, I'm not a good manager now. I'm here on your podcast, but I'm a terrible with money. <laughs> well, why do you say so? I spend money and I don't check if I have enough to buy and how much I have at the end of the month. I don't follow my accounts and I used to be easily overdrafts at the end of the month. So it's kind of like that. But now I'm married with a kid and I cannot be <laughs> so reckless. So I'm trying hard to change, really hard. That's why you're on this podcast. You want yes, to... exactly. And your <laughs> podcast helped me to invest and do something else. I think about my money, actually. <laughs> so let's talk about your move so you're a Parisian to start with and you moved to Lille in the north of France for your studies so there you met a lot of people you bought a flat and basically was your home mm -hmm. but still after a few years you wanted something different so, so can you tell us a bit more why and what did you want yes we loved our life in Lille but we are also fond of travel and we wanted together with my husband to have work experience abroad for the challenge, maybe the adventure and to discover something new. Also to widen our minds in terms of work, but also discovering. Plus, it is always a value in a career to have uh, some experience abroad. We also wanted to do it as soon as possible while we were young and without kids. So that is why we looked for some job abroad, mainly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you wanted the experience abroad. So how did you manage to find an opportunity to move? And how long did it take you between, let's say, when you actually thought about moving to actually leaving? So I would say it took us maybe six months to find an opportunity. So that's quite fast. That's quite fast, actually. Yeah. But we are lucky because we both work for the same multinational company that can provide jobs around the world. So basically what you do is you write in your project that you want to move and after you work on your network to search for open position in the company. We both looked, but it was easier for my husband as a manager to find one. After we, we got several propositions before this one, but basically it was not what we wanted. So we continued to search a bit. Okay, and your husband actually learned about a possible job in Romania in a city I'm sure you did not even know about before moving there. <laughs> so what did you think at the time? We said, why not? <laughs> no, we, we knew that we were targeting Europe because it is closer to friends and family. And we did not want to miss big events. We thought, okay, we can go far away during holidays, but we wanted to stay close. Also knew that inside the company, the options were a bit limited in Europe. There is not so many places where we could go. Romania was not very attractive for us at the beginning because we had some mixed feedbacks from people about the country. But as we liked the challenge, we decided that it was worth seeing. So before we accepted the job, we went to visit the city. And of course, it turns that out that it was very nice. Yes. 
Okay, that's cool. So that's not like um, as if it's like totally random. You actually <laughs> search a bit and make, make sure basically you could see yourself there. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Well, yeah, definitely. We wouldn't have been blind like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the adventure. <laughs> so when you move as a couple, one often has to follow. And in this case, it was you. So what were your options on your side and how did you value money? Because uh, we, we'll speak about it later, but basically your husband managed to get a, an expat contract, but you, it was more like a local one. So yeah, how did you value money? Yeah, we were flexible. Actually, when uh, my husband got a job offer, it was clear at the very beginning that we were two and that he would not accept the job if there were no opportunities for me. So in the deal, let's say, we discussed with my future husband manager to find the right position for me with a local contract. So I knew I had a local contract, but I also negotiated with the company to take me back after three years. So that for me, it was a, a kind of a safety, let's say. Yeah, that's really clever. So the same company. Okay, cool. Yeah, so in the same company. So I, I was sure to get back my job. And in the meantime, I could work in local. So for me, it was a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, to find a job there, it was kind of easy, actually, because there was some open position in my domain of competency. So I had the choice. And the boss there was very flexible about what I could do because he knew I, I had a lot of experience. So it was uh, for him, it was uh, also a win-win situation to pay me in a local with my competency. So it was, it was nice. Money was not my main concern because I knew it would be a plus for later in my career. You can see it as an investment for the future. Okay. <laughs> so I requested to be paid, taking into account my experience in France. This is just what I ask, no more. And surely like the cost of living and so on from Romania to France, where you were based primarily, is very different. So how much less were you paid compared to your French salary? For sure, the cost of living in Romania is below the French one. The minimum salary in France is more than three times the Romanian one. I had to adjust my salary. Actually, I lost quite the same. Let's say it was divided by three. Except in France, it's in gross and in Romania, it's, it's in net. So that, that's one of my questions, actually, because we often, like, on, on every job offer or something, like, the salary displayed is always on a gross basis. But the key question for someone who doesn't know the country you're actually going to move to, you need to know what can you get with that kind of salary, like, in terms of living costs so that you can project yourself. So how did you manage, and even in terms of taxis, how did you manage to get an estimate of your net salary and what you could do with that salary? So before closing the deal, we went to Romania to spend a week there to see if we liked the place, how cheaper the cost of living was compared to France and so on. So we also got kind of file from the company with some info about the living cost in Romania. This was very helpful. So what is that file? It's like the cost of living is X compared to... It was more like that, like uh, a grocery will be very this. Uh, to travel, you need to spend that and uh, small information like that. Mm-hmm. But Super useful. Yes, super useful. Yes, exactly. After what we did to project ourselves was to look at the global package. So um, if you consider only the salaries, then you think we are losing money because I got mine divided by three. And my husband's salary did not compensate what I lost. Mm-hmm. But then we also have some like bonus, let's say. Rent is paid by the company. We got some tickets to fly back to France. 
and some more stuff. So finally, what we have to pay is mostly food and travel in Romania if you want to visit, for example, which is less expensive than in France. At the end, we estimate we would be even or maybe a bit winner, which was very fine for us. The, the most important thing was to get the experience. For us, it was not okay to lose some money. But if we were at the same level or um, better, it was okay. Honestly, when we went there, we didn't know. We had an estimation, but we didn't know if it was going to be even or plus. Finally, I think it's plus, so it's good. But uh, it was no matter for us. After, when we come back to my salary, I had not so much leverage because when I checked to see if it was okay on the market, I realized it was already on the top local salaries inside my company. So I could not negotiate a better salary. What I could have done is looked for a better pay job in another company. But money for me was not as important as to stay in the company. Exactly. Because in that case, you would lose the possibility to come back when the expat contract is over. So makes sense. And it's actually great to see like a proper expat contract where your rent is paid and so on and so forth, because clearly there's less and less of these contracts. So well done. Yes, exactly. After it's not a big uh, expat contract, but uh, I think it's enough because you have the experience and uh, you have to see more than money in the package. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the taxis? Yes, so um, taxis actually are quite easy in Romania and so much better than France, actually. <laughs> if you have a local salary, you receive your net salary at the end of the month and you don't have to pay for any other taxes. So it's really easy. All is directly taken from your growth. So basically what you have at the end, uh, you don't pay any taxes more. So when I negotiate my salary, by the way, it was easy because they told me, okay, you will have this in the net. And I said, oh, okay, perfect. I don't have to do a complicated calculation to know how much after they will take me and so on. And uh, if you want more detail for my husband, when you have an expatriate contract in France, paperwork is complicated, but at the end, it's also simple. You pay your taxes in Romania, but your company refunds you and makes you pay the taxes you would have paid in France which is cheaper than the taxes you paid in Romania because obviously you have a big salary for Romania when you have an expat contract. Okay, so I didn't know that. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. So your husband basically knew the salary he had and knew like what kind of taxes he paid is in home country. Yes. So, I mean, it, it's way easier. You don't have to, again, do calculations and so on. Exactly. For us, it was almost the same. I mean, uh, we knew because we were in France and you know how to calculate. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's actually funny because I know a few people who have expat contracts from the UK and it's not exactly the same. So that's quite interesting. Like the taxes paid are actually on the local salary. So then there's all this question about trying to find out the taxes and how, yeah. <laughs> anyway, other subject. So let's uh, speak about your return to your home country. So basically, it's been, what, nearly three years that you're in Romania? Yeah. And you're about to move back to France. So did you, on your side, get a local pension? Mm -hmm. Yes. This is a... <laughs> yes, I got a local pension. And, and do you think you can transfer your contributions back to France? Or how will it work? It's a good question. Because there is a European law that is saying that if you work in Europe, you can get back your pension contribution, or at least it will be taken into account for your years and uh, remuneration of your pension at the end. 
So I cannot tell you more because the calculation seems very complicated, but what I'm sure is that it is feasible. Uh, I'm sure it won't be also easy, but, and what I don't know is that I don't know if I have to do it now or uh, if I need to wait uh, in 30 years uh, when I will have the age of uh, retirement to, to negotiate this. So um, I didn't went into detail yet, but I think I will try to do it this year because it's the kind of paperwork if you don't do it now, uh, you will lose at the end. So even if there is a European law, uh, in 30 years, they won't find uh, what you worked for and so on. So Yeah, and maybe the law going to change and you never know. Okay, <laughs> But at least, at least there is this law, uh, European law. At least yeah. it exists. Very interesting. Very good to know. Mm. And on your return, you actually want to still work for the same company. So that's really clever that you negotiated three years ago that you could come back. So that's like, a, as you said, like a kind of a really safety net because so you love the values of the company, you love the vibe and so on and so forth. But do you have an idea? So even though I don't think you actually know where you're going to go and like which exact job but do you know what kind of salary you might get on your return so do you think it's going to be similar to when you left or do you think it's going to be a bit bigger because of your increased experience in Romania for these three years or how do you think yes actually I, it moved a bit because I know now but I don't know my salary but I know the position ah congratulations <laughs> yeah so I'm really happy. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I love the company. And honestly, they are definitely not the top of the company that pay the most, but we have a very good life balance. So I'm happy with that. And so I told you, I, I found the job. It was the job I really wanted. So I think that thanks to this Romanian experience, it helped me to get the job I wanted. So this is good. And it was actually a good investment for me. <laughs> and in terms of salaries, I checked and I'm under negotiation for my salary. But basically, I hope I can get maybe 10% more. So it seems not much. But for my company, they give uh, maybe 2% raise per year. So I think 10%, it's quite okay. And I will be uh, it will be a normal salary over there uh, I think that's okay. And as I really like the job I will do, I think it's, it was worth uh, to go there. Mm -hmm. So you're really, really back on your feet. I mean, I'm really impressed that you already know and it's in what, July and you, you're supposed to come back in November and you already know that that's great. Yes, I worked on it. I spent a lot of time to, to do some interview. And honestly, when I, we went in Romania, I wanted this position already, but I didn't have enough experience. So in front of me, the candidates were too, too experienced. So I'm really glad because now that I came back, I saw that could really, my profit is really interest people. So I'm really glad about it because it was fast and actually quite easy. So it's really, really was a win situation. That's great, especially because when you think like we all have cliches in mind and you don't think like Romania is particularly like the most attractive country or the most interesting position you're going to find there. But actually, probably because there's less maybe candidates or something, you really have like an added value that a lot of people are actually looking for. Yes, and I think people value a lot when you go abroad and you have some experience. Us is in production and uh, I think it's a it's really an advantage because not everyone wants to go there so it's really a plus in your career bravo really good mm -hmm. thank so you good. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I've left one question for the end. Like I always like to open the discussion and open the subject. So because you've been in Romania and it's not necessarily a country everybody knows about, can you give us a bit of a, a feel of the country and where would you recommend us to go? And more importantly, why? <laughs> <laughs> so Romania is nice for mostly nature's landscape and small typical cities. Sometimes you feel that you are still stuck in the 19th century, but which is quite charming, actually. <laughs> It's quite nice. So I would recommend to go for hiking in the Carpates Mountains and also the Apuchen Mountains. Actually, they have beautiful landscapes, so it's really, really nice. And they have cities like Siliu, Brasov, and Shigishwara, which, which are very, let's say, uh, very traditional ones. So it's really worth the trip. Okay, so what's traditional? What's traditional is like you have a lot of monastery, a lot of uh, old cities with old stones, and uh, it's really small, but with a lot of colors and uh, loved uh, monastery, which are really, really nice. So I would say like that. And when you go in the country, it's really traditional. So it's also nice to see that uh, it's really, really different from uh, from uh, Western Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh Us, we live in uh, Timisoara. You should come in 2022 because it's one of the cities that will be a European culture capital. So you must visit it. Yeah, interesting. So it's a new exciting project that gonna like shed a light basically on the country. Exactly, yes. Thanks so much for your tips. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're arriving at the end of this episode. So thank you so much, Julie, for sharing your experience um, of moving abroad. And uh, most of all, like giving us your views and how you, you did it. Um, and especially on the money side, how to be aware or what to negotiate. And I think your story is uh, pretty inspiring because it seems like really well planned in advance. And uh, that was really useful. And thank you so much. Thank you, Marie. So that's the end of this episode. I hope you are as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you want to go further in mastering this beautiful adventure of owning your finances, please contact me. I offer workshops and coaching to guide you through. Finally, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word.